Hello, team, and welcome to your bureaucracy. I'm your host, Emily Gross, and I am so excited today because we have Sarah and Albert, and they are so cool because they are from Victory Fund, which is an incredible organization, and we're going to be talking all about all the legislative attacks on the LGBT, oh my God, holy shit, LGBTQ community. All right. Also important, but can't say it for shit. Um, but anyways, I'm going to let them introduce yourself. Sarah, Albert, say hello to the team. Uh, my name is Sarah Ladon. I'm the Senior Communications and Marketing Manager here at LGBTQ Victory Fund um, and then at our partner organization, uh, LGBTQ Victory Institute. So PAC versus nonprofit. Hi, everyone. I'm Albert. I am the press secretary at LGBTQ Victory Fund, uh, working closely with Sarah. Excited awesome. to be here. Thanks for having us, Emily. Oh, my God. Thank you so much. Why don't you <laughs> tell us a little bit about all the cool stuff that uh, Victory Fund does? Um, yeah, so we are one of the few, if not the only, uh, national organizations working to elect strictly LGBTQ candidates. Um, so we put candidates through a pretty endorsement, a uh, pretty rigorous endorsement process. Um, you've got to be LGBTQ to get our endorsement. You have to be pro-choice in some way, shape or form. Um, and you have to commit to not uh, doing harm to the trans community. So we've endorsed about 200 candidates so far this cycle. Awesome. It's only March. That's a lot of candidates. Oh my God. I didn't um, realize super that. Excited. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Only March. Yeah. Feels I don't, time doesn't exist um, anymore. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> <laughs> right. Especially in COVID. Um, so yeah, that's a victory fund in a nutshell. Awesome. And so today we're going to be talking once again, this podcast is supposed to be fun, but all the topics are kind of bummers because we're talking about all the attacks and all the legislation that is harming the LGBTQ community. It has been rampant the past couple of years. It is so important that we talk about what's going on, especially, I don't know if you've seen the news cycle, but in Florida, there's been like the don't say gay bill. There's been anti-trans legislation within Texas. There's so much going on that is doing so much harm. And I think it's really important that we talk about it. And people can educate themselves and see what the fuck is happening. So, guys, talk to us. Please elaborate on the... There's been such an increase in anti-LGBTQ legislation and over especially feels like what over the past couple of years. Do you have mm -hmm. some information on that? Yeah, so definitely a bummer of a topic. <laughs> <laughs> in 2021, uh, there were over 250 bills introduced in state legislatures aimed at restricting LGBTQ rights in various forms. Over 100 of those bills um, were particularly about trans rights and trans issues. Um, and then according to GLAAD, there have been 195 state bills introduced this year that discriminate against LGBTQ people. Um, 104 of those particularly target trans youth, um, a surge of anti-LGBTQ policy that's being passed, particularly tar targeting schools and school policy. Um, 77 of those total bills ban classroom conversations or books um, about LGBTQ people kind of under this guise of parental rights. Um, that's basically Florida's don't say gay bill. Gotcha. So these are really big numbers. It's truly unfortunate. These bills never really go away. They kind of just take new forms every year. Uh, many of them are what we call zombie bills, which just like you've seen in the movies, it's a piece of bill that just keeps arising from the dead, cobbled together uh, by past leg legislative attempts. There's an anti-trans bill in Kansas right now that is basically just bits and pieces of other bills pulled together um, that they failed to pass in the past. Okay. So 
many of the legislators introducing these bills have introduced various versions, maybe the same thing in the past. They just keep trying and trying and trying again. For being yeah. anti-trans, they do sound like transformers. So <laughs> just put them right. out there, okay? Maybe they should let it be. If only. Right. Oh. The Decepticons in new form, if you will. Oh my God. All right. So let's, why? Why is this happening? It feels like it's been like kind of an exponential rise of these bills. Um, is there any reason why this has just been so rampant lately? Or has it always been going on and now just the news is focusing on it? Um, yeah, so a little bit of both. There's definitely an increased focus on it, thankfully. I mean, when you see the response to the that people have had to the Jones A.K. bill in Florida and how outraged people are, particularly students, um, there were massive walkouts organized and participated with students participating in. In Florida, yeah, there's definitely a renewed attention to it, but these bills have, again, always been there. One thing that we definitely know for sure, more and more LGBTQ people are stepping up and running for office, and they're doing so at higher levels than they've ever done before. We've released a report a couple weeks ago called Queer in Congress, which shows that more LGBTQ people are running for the U.S. Congress than ever before. That's so cool. Um, just, that's so yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, it's kind of like a, <laughs> a real ray of sunshine yeah. in all these things. Um, another ray, days after Abbott issued his order in Texas criminalizing uh, pro-trans health care um, and calling gender-affirming healthcare child abuse, a record number of LGBTQ candidates in Texas won their races. 27, That's 27 awesome. of them won out. Yeah, it's That's great. That's like a it's sucker great. punch to his face. It's yeah. <laughs> right as he's just trying to legislate people out of existence, there they are again. So um, stupid. So yeah, for the, for the first time in history, over a thousand out people are serving. So in many cases, you have a homophobe sitting on a city council, sitting in a legislature, who have been able to kind of introduce these bills over and over again, never have to meet someone LGBTQ. Right. And now for the first time, they're looking at a trans person in the legislature. They're looking at an LGBTQ person. It is hard it, to right? sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> it is. And I say that every day, multiple times a day. The minute you're um, like on pressure, you're just like, words don't work anymore. Just uh, all. What am I doing? So you've got, you've got these homophobes sitting, looking at these LGBTQ people, having to deal with them, having to work with them. And you know that's just going to be driving them insane, yeah. right? Because they just want to introduce that. their <laughs> bills and go home. Uh, <laughs> right. And then finally, there's this huge... I don't even want to call it a movement because it's it's a coordinated group of a certain number of people, many of them um, high up figures on the extreme religious right who just hate LGBTQ people for whatever reason. They, you know, they say it's biblical. Plenty of people are religious and manage to not be bigots. Yeah. Um, also, the so Bible the picking and choosing. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Exactly. A lot give a lot of blame, blame on the Bible. Um, So they're putting a lot of money into these these particular legislators who are introducing these bills. We've seen similar bills um, in Ghana. We just saw one pass in Guatemala um, that it's roughly the same language. It's the same type of attacks. Um, So they're basically doing everything they can to see if they can force these bills in front of the Supreme Court. Um, And I think they're rolling the dice and seeing if the Supreme Court will be helpful to them in this moment. Um, And we'll see if those tactics pay off. (laughs) I would unfortunately drink with that one. (laughs) Unfortunately, not bet on it uh, going well. So 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Knock on wood. Uh, yeah. Moral of the story is these podcasts just make you want to drink, but in a healthy, <laughs> responsible way. <laughs> Let's dive into what some of these bills are saying. Like I mentioned previously, mm-hmm. it's big ones kind of going through the news right now is don't get, don't say gay bill in Florida. And then also Governor Avedit being a stupid butt face and <laughs> saying that gender affirming care for youth is on par with child abuse. So let's dive into these bills. What are they saying? And let's dive into why they're so harmful. Sure. Let's start with the don't say gay bills, um, because those, to your point, have been really prominent in the news cycle. And then also, unfortunately, it's going to continue to happen. On Tuesday, Georgia introduced its own version of a don't say gay bill. So to Sarah's point earlier, you know, these are zombie bills because they keep getting reintroduced in these specific states. But also there's a ripple effect. You know, once folks see, oh, this legislation is moving forward in Idaho and then it moves forward in Florida and then Georgia decides to introduce their own. Um, And so in the don't say gay bills, um, you know, it's banning any kind of conversations about sexual orientation and gender identity in the classroom. And, you know, that is not just talking about sexuality. Um, Like that includes if a student has um, gay parents, you're not supposed to talk about their parents in the classroom. And it means like if there's a gay teacher, they're not allowed to talk about their sexual orientation or gender identity in the classroom. So just basic parts of our everyday lives are just erased from the entire situation. And so, you know, it's this, it's really hard. Like, how are you going to sit down with your kid, tell them, Hey, don't talk about your family in the classroom. And it's also ridiculous because, you know, we talk about straight couples and straight families all the time. And no one, no one's saying, oh, straight people are grooming kids to be heterosexual. I've never once heard that. They one. should say that. And it's the same thing. <laughs> totally. Yeah. That's ridiculous. So yeah. Yeah. I think just to add to that a little bit, we're definitely seeing the weaponization of school systems in general. You know, okay. throughout the pandemic, we had people losing their minds over mask mandates, keeping kids at home during the pandemic. And that has absolutely evolved into attacking school curriculums around LGBTQ kids, freaking out over critical race theory. God knows if (laughs) I would love to see a couple senators define critical race theory accurately. I think that would (laughs) be a fun game. (laughs) Right. The extreme (laughs) right has definitely realized they can galvanize their base by really co-opting this discussion, pretending they care about women's issues, pretending they care about these parental rights bills um, and using it as an, an excuse to gin up their base and get them all excited and all angry before the midterms. They're just desperately trying to turn out their voters using any means possible. And in this case, they're just really leaning into LGBTQ stereotypes and just spreading as much inf- disinformation as they can while they do it. So everybody goes crazy during the midterms. <laughs> and that's what that's we're insane. seeing now. <laughs> that's so upsetting. It's just so stupid. I don't know, like focus on something else, like dandelions growing in your lawn or something. Like there's so many better things to put your energy into to trying to eradicate rather than people's lives. <laughs> you know? Yep. Right? Like we if we have this much focus on parental leave or 
Or like healthcare. Funding education, you know, yeah, we would be there. One of our elected officials who's in Florida had a great tweet the other day that was like, people tell me, Michelle Rayner, who's actually running for Congress as well, had just a fantastic tweet that was like, people tell me I'm trying to fight a culture war because I'm LGBTQ. I'm just trying to balance a budget <laughs> today. I'm just hoping we can fund something. Literally. I was like, she's right. <laughs> it's like priorities, folks. Come on. Like, right. why do you yeah, care exactly. how someone else lives their life? You know, like, don't you have other yeah, shit to worry about? about this? Your life has this to be hard enough, sports. you know? Yeah, no, it's wild. So upsetting to see that Don't Say Gay Bill. And I saw there's a lot of, like, youth walkout, which was really great. And mm-hmm. so hopeful. It's just so unfortunate when shitty people are the ones in office making those decisions. And they're just kind of running through, tearing up everything. So hopefully they'll get a lot of pushback. And then they'll be able to see that no matter what, you can't do this. Like you cannot erase someone's life. You can't erase someone's identity. And it's fucking irresponsible to diseducate people and not educate mm-hmm. them to begin with. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, absolutely. also it's gonna like there's also a very real possibility that it's totally gonna backfire on them, right? Yeah. Like Texas, the most, you know, LGBTQ people, as Sarah mentioned, got won their primaries. Florida. You know, we just had the fourth ever LGBTQ mayor elected in Florida literally the same day the Don't Say Gay bill passed. So folks are mobilized, you know, on both sides. And that's what we're banking on. That's awesome. Absolutely. We have a candidate in Montana right now who decided to run for office after testifying against their anti-trans bill Mm -hmm. and going through the whole process, lobbying, uh, the bill eventually passed, and she said, "I've had enough. It's yeah. time to. It's time for me to be in this legislature." Yeah, it's all about representation. You know, I feel like a lot mm-hmm. of this ignorance comes from people just not even knowing. You know, it's so easy just to get fit, fed misinformation and have ideas in your head that have actually no reality. We say all the time, we have wonderful candidates who go through neighborhoods, they knock on doors. We have one candidate, um, elected official now in Virginia, that she was one of the first trans people that had ever knocked on that voter's door um, and gave just this face to a name. And, you know, people are fed information based on ignorance from various news sources, sometimes totally unintentional misinformation um, that you know, Virginia had gone through a bathroom bill, all kinds of horrible messaging around that, targeting trans folks, targeting trans kids. And they said, you're nothing like the demon we've been told that we should be worried worried about. You are nothing like that. And we've seen (laughs) in polling after that, that like, because voters have met her, because she's been representing this district, there's been a huge change in attitudes around trans people and around LGBTQ issues. So she's a huge example of what good can be done when LGBTQ people finally get into office and are allowed to live and are allowed to legislate and pass these bills that are actually beneficial to people. Like she's tackled um, uh, school lunches for kids and erasing school kids debt. And like parents remember that parents remember who was actually looking out for their children. See, that's what parents are focused on, not about kids learning like gender identity and talking about their family and their lives in school. Huh. Totally. Crazy concept. (laughs) Surprise, surprise. Yeah, my God. Wild. (laughs) All right. But let's talk about this anti-trans bill from Texas, because Governor Abbott is an evil asshat, my favorite way to describe (laughs) people I disagree with and I think are stupid and do harm in the world. So what is this bill? Well, it's more of like an executive order almost. Yeah. Yeah. So he, um, he and another member of his cabinet, 
think I want to say state attorney general. Now I'm forgetting. Oh, who. I think the attorney general um, is like insane. He's terrifying. My, my roommate is from case. Texas and she's my best friend. And I visited her a couple times and I'm like, I don't feel well here. <laughs> this is terrifying. Yeah, Tex- <laughs> Texas is a phenomenal state. We love our Texas elected yes. officials. They keep us on our toes. I'll say that much. (laughs) That they do. Um, Yeah. So basically, the legislature, um, we have a lot of pro quote pro equality leaders in the Texas legislature. We don't have any in the Senate right now, so we're working on that one. Basically, they couldn't get the bill passed in the legislature, so they just went around it, which really goes to show like why we need so many LGBTQ voices, so many more LGBTQ voices, just at all levels of government. He was determined yep. to make this happen um, and so figured out a way to do it. Will it stand up in court? We don't know. Our good friends at the te- ACLU of Texas are doing a lot of phenomenal work on the ground to make sure people are mobilized. People are fighting back against these bills. They're working with parents, teachers, students, um, all, all the people impacted by this bill to make sure that if families are targeted um, by Abbott, that if they are criminally charged or if they are questioned by police or anything like that, um, that they have legal backing um, and can get access and support that they need. Because the point of this bill is to, not even this bill, the point of this directive is to rip trans kids away from their families and to try to force them to be something they're not or to try to force them to go into hiding or to leave the state, which is absolutely ridiculous. It is their home trans people should have the right to exist anywhere despite who their governor is without being harassed for it. So again, just kind of an absolute example of the length of time and effort that will that bigots will put into just trying to force LGBTQ people not to exist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've said this before. It's like bigots, uh, determination, admirable what they're doing, not admirable. Very bad. Very, very <laughs> bad. <laughs> it's a little bit like whack-a-mole sometimes. <laughs> Once you get rid of Abbott, you got to worry about DeSantis. You get rid of DeSantis, you got to worry about South Dakota. Uh, <laughs> you get rid of South Dakota. What's with the White House like up just to? Just stay in your home. <laughs> right? Just stay down. <laughs> So it's coming up next. Yeah, literally. And for people who don't know, will you go into what the uh, directive says? Basically, what it says is that to provide gender affirming health care and provide can be you go to a doctor for it or your parents seeks out a doctor for it or you talk to a teacher about it or, you know, you talk to anyone about, oh, I might be trans. I might be LGBTQ. That is now considered child abuse under Texas law. Um, and I read this very quickly the other day so i could be paraphrasing but it's very it's like you want to make your kid happy you want to make them feel safe that is now child abuse it's like it's like apples plus oranges equals like blue it makes no sense right none (laughs) right it's yeah it's basically people who are not familiar with trans issues willfully or otherwise have decided that this is now child abuse um could it be criminalized under law? I think they're in the legislature. They were trying to pass very strict penalties. Um, I read somewhere very quickly the other day that um, the actual child abuse statutes in Texas are less harsh than these sense. proposed changes would be. So it's again, it's just about being LGBTQ. Right. It's just about targeting trans kids. It's not about actually fixing any of the issues that texas has it happened conveniently i think right around the same time it was revealed that abbott was encouraging companies to charge uh people more during the power grid outages for power what a stand-up guy or it's just a fun yeah yeah (laughs) 
Yeah, what a great it's a way man. to bury news, or it's just a, a fun way to again gin up a base before the midterms, mm-hmm. um, and hope that people will be angry enough about trans lives um, and trans kids to head to the polls in November and to hold on to power. Right. So irritating. <laughs> <laughs> So let's also talk about some of these other big kind of anti-trans legislation, which is big one being sports and then also bathroom bills. What are Mm -hmm. these and what are kind of the big pieces of legislation about them? So we are seeing a lot of conversation about trans youth in sports. There's a lot of, I think willingness to again claim i think one of the main talking points is we are defending um cisgender woman from the big scary trans man that might come try to take away her medals and to take away her access to sports which again simply isn't true yeah i'm a i'm a cisgender woman and i would love if someone (laughs) took away uh like me being stressed about having to do anything <laughs> right like, like i have not played sports since high school me either people are welcome to play them i don't care Neither do I. For it. i'm like have fun kids truly i used to say i still say this i'm not competitive i am competitive i'm just got used to losing okay <laughs> right and if someone's gonna help me win go, God bless. go for it god please um But yeah, again, it's the same narrative you saw around bathroom bills where it was, oh, these big scary men pretending to be women are going to come into bathrooms and do terrible things to kids. It's all nonsense. There's no there's no basis for it. It's just preying on these old fears, um, which you saw people come come right out and say in Florida, um, DeSantis's press secretary, when talking about the bill, said anyone who supports this is a groomer. If you are advocating against this bill, you are for the grooming of children. On the 10th, we had Laura Ingram show say liberals are trying to groom children. Um, liberals are going to groom your kids. Democrats are the pro-grooming party. And it's just like, it's just the absolutely ridiculous, same old stereotypes over and over again that have been used to discredit LGBTQ candidates, LGBTQ elected officials, any LGBTQ person who is just trying to go about their day. Um, And there's plenty of data to show that like playing sports, participating in school activities helps kids feel accepted. It helps them feel uh, normal and a part of their school. It can help with anxiety. It can help with depression. Um, And then you look at someone like the governor of South Dakota, who when asked about why so many LGBTQ kids were depressed, said, I don't know. I just can't figure it out right after she sent an anti-trans bill. These are the type of kids she could have helped just by being right. It's almost. It's I, like I mean, it's like laughably, yeah, truly. It's it's laughably stupid and offensive. You know, it's truly like you're so close to getting it. You're so close to knowing exactly what you yeah, did. You're like, I don't and you're know. Just, you just veer right away from it. God, and it's just yeah. It's like they see the point. They veer right around it. Yeah, it's just their funny ways of being bigots and ignorant is there a reason why all these anti-trans bills started exploding um yeah again it's an election year you're gonna try anything see what sticks um lgbtq rights have been going forward in the last couple years of course the biggest example is marriage equality we're seeing more where lgbtq people have equity in the state legislatures we're seeing more pro lgbtq bills so that's kind of the silver lining of this um it's really states where you don't have equitable representation or pro-equality forces just aren't in the majority we see these bills really succeeding and passing it's just it's the attempt to throw something at a wall and see what sticks and then see what else they can get out of it 
Um, and again, we have a Supreme Court right now that is not particularly LGBTQ friendly. Um, there is a chance these bills end up in the judicial system. They make their way up the courts. They, they end up what they did the with Court. abortion access and stuff like that. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Okay. What they did with abortion access. I think what they're hoping to do with redistricting maps. Right. Um, I think there's a lot, a lot of kind of bills that people look at and say, oh, that's really frivolous. There's no way that it's going to stand um, that are going to be driven up to the Supreme Court level or at least try to. I think that folks have felt this way for a long time and they were empowered during the Trump administration to say it out loud. And not only was it said out loud in the open, um, I think that politicians have figured out that by saying these kind of things, they can get power for themselves. You know, Abbott, DeSantis, they want to continue to win their politicians. They want to continue to um, get more power and they're seeing that this is an effective way to, you know, get that power for them. So I think that part of this is based, you know, also just politicians um, trying to win elections. Yeah. And it feels like because a lot of people are so religious or just the Bible really influences their daily life on a daily basis, it feels like just one of those super easy pinpoints that they can pick on that allows them to unite so many people that do rely on religion so frequently Mm -hmm. in their lives. Yeah. And it's such an unfortunate co-opting, right? Because we also have candidates who are LGBTQ, who are religious, who are very active in their churches. Um, who have the same faith that these conservative leaders have. It's just they don't delve into bigotry while doing it, right? It's Which I is honestly, for people, yeah, not that hard, right? It is, right. It is straight up it's not very, hard to so, not be a bigot. Right. It's so easy to blame your hatred or your bigotry or your ignorance, whatever it is, on something else, whether it be the Bible or you know, your religious affiliation or how you grew up or, you know, the society you grew up in. But, you know, I went through 12 years of Catholic school myself. We have a duty to be better than what we grew up with. Um, And to, even if you learn those stereotypes growing up, even if you grow up in that type of household or that type of community, um, it's our job to be better than where we came from and to try to leave the world a much better place than we found it. Um, So, to hold on to those beliefs, to blame your hatred on the Bible, on the Bible, or again, whatever it could be, um, people use all kinds of things. I think to justify um, their logic on exam on things, it's just it's such it's just such nonsense because uh-huh. that's not the Jesus I grew up with, and it's not I think the Jesus a lot of people grew up with. Right. It's just a very different interpretation, one that is very wrong. Totally. Um, But you could, I'm sure they would say the same thing about me. (laughs) You know, it's like I, so I grew up with Moses and Moses is my Jesus. And, you know, and I grew up in Chicago in what's, I think they now call it like Rainbow Road or something, but was Boys Town, um, which is like a great time, predominantly LGBTQ neighborhood. You know, like I remember going to drag queen car washes when I was 11, you know, and my parents were just like, We're yeah. a lot of fun. Like, they should so hang much out with fun. us. <laughs> Literally. Like, I think so. Guy. Honestly, I think these bigots are just unhappy and they're like, wait, those people seem like they're having a lot of fun and now they just hate it. 
you know. <laughs> right? Yeah, Go to one drag brunch. You'll change your exactly. mind. Exactly. My birthday's in <laughs> 10 days, and we're going to a drag brunch for my birthday. It's like, what better That's way to have fun? Said. You know? <laughs> but I think it's just like people have no exposure, and they've just been fed so much hatred, and they're just... Mm-hmm. And it's just so easy to unite behind hatred, which is so, so fucking unfortunate because it's so much easier to not hate people or things, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I say all the time, it must be exhausting. It <laughs> must be exhausting. <laughs> Truly. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta wake up every morning and you're just pissed. Like, are you kidding? I can't like have one bad day. I'm like, I need a rest. Okay. <laughs> like I can't do it. Right. Yeah, it's you absolutely need try, try being nice. <laughs> totally. But, um, but Emily, what you what you yeah. mentioned, though, about exposure is so true. And I think that that, for me, is like one of the biggest issues with these bills, because it's not just you don't believe we should have rights. It's that you don't believe we should exist um, and right. you don't believe we should exist in some of the most important institutions, healthcare, schools. Like those are really foundational, important institutions for our country. And for the fact that it's not even that you just don't like marriage equality, like it's not that you don't believe we should get married. It's that you just don't believe we fundamentally should exist in these spaces. And like, you know, I'll talk personally, um, you know, I grew up not knowing about, you know, gay people for most of my childhood. And, you know, that kind of that has effects. And what I would hate is for kids to now have to go through schools and not be exposed to this, um, you know, exposed to LGBTQ people. Um, and then they're just, you know, how are you ever going to be able to um, put a face to um, this? You know, it's so much easier to other someone if you never have to like personalize them. And so that's the biggest Absolutely. thing for me. Um you know, I just can see this having generational ripples. Um, Absolutely. Which is scary. No, it's terrifying. And it feels like the reason why a lot of these bills are coming out is that it's the first time that I think a lot of older generations are really having to face the fact that a lot of people are so different and just like living their lives, you know, and Mm -hmm. they get, they're nervous and scared about it. And they don't realize that this is such a positive thing that people feel much safer and much more comfortable to be their authentic selves. And it feels like that's one of the reasons it's like you said, it's so easy to other someone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There was, to your point, there was a recent polling from Gallup that says, 7.1% 7.1% of people now identify as LGBTQ. Wow. As the generations go on, younger people just feel hopefully safer yeah. coming out. Um, but more and more people are coming out. You definitely saw a big jump after COVID and after people sitting at home, thinking about themselves, thinking about their gender, their identity, their sexuality. We saw a huge jump in the in the first year after COVID. I think it jumped to 69 um, we're at 7.1 now. The number just keeps going up. More and more people are identifying as LGBTQ. Um, and that makes the representation gap even harder because yeah. that means we have even more, more people to, to elect to make sure. Totally. <laughs> but at the same time, like, what a wonderful problem to have. And especially, like, I think more people are coming out as trans, more people are coming out as bisexual. And they're finding the safe spaces despite all this, despite mm-hmm. these governors, despite these bills, they're finding safe spaces to come out in. Yeah. And just and that's that's mm-hmm. a great thing. Which it is really awesome. Is. Yeah. Safe spaces and community. You know, mm-hmm. I think not only, you know, in, in the city that you may live in, but also during COVID, you know, I think we all 
really figured out how to use technology as a way to build relationships and community in a way that maybe we didn't before as much, you know? And I think that that's also another silver lining here um, is that, you know, a lot of folks are feeling comfortable to build those communities. Which is great. And so I think this is really important to talk about is that, I mean, I personally grew up with a very strong lesbian, gay and bi community in my life. You know, my uncle's gay, like it was never something that was ever even like discussed or questioned, like him and his husband had been together for 30 something years. Like it was just never a concept, you know, but growing up, I had never really met someone who identified as trans or anything like that. And I feel for a lot of cis people, the whole concept of transgender is very different. And I would love to get into why this dialogue surrounding gender affirming care and pe trusting people and whatnot is so important and why the bills about trans people like not being allowed to use the bathroom they identify with or by considering gender affirming care for youth child abuse is so dangerous and so ignorant and why gender affirming care and supporting trans people is so important i would love to dive into that I think, as Albert said, it's just making sure people feel seen because yeah. the worst thing you can do to somebody is erase them. And that's what these bills are trying to do to really erase people and demonize them again as this horrible other. So before ki kids can even think to themselves, oh, I don't feel comfortable in the clothes I'm putting on every day. I don't feel comfortable with makeup. I'm, you know, people say, oh, I'm a tomboy. Maybe transition later in life. I, I, I certainly don't want to speak for anybody, right. but we live we live in a society and grew up in a society that is based around ways of codifying people um the biggest ones being race and gender it is the those are the i think two of the easiest ways to look at someone and say this is how i relate to you mm -hmm. this is how you're different so when someone defies those stereotypes or exists as a non-binary person as a gender non-confirming person it can be really frightening to someone who hasn't wrapped their head around that and frightening mm -hmm. in the way of like not actually frightening. They're not gonna. No one's gonna attack you. No one's gonna yell at you. No one's gonna scream at you. But I think there's something about the human brain that says I don't quite know what to do with you. Right. So therefore, it's an other. It's bad. Right. Mm -hmm. And we again, we grow up in a society that says, you know, the Disney princess ends up with. And I don't mean to pick on Disney <laughs> there, despite the headlines <laughs> they're generating. But we definitely yeah. grow up with movies and rom coms where the girl ends up with the boy, and that's the happy ending, right. and that's what we see. Okay. It's never, it's never they end up with a trans man. It's never they end up with a trans woman. It would or two. It you know it's only a recent thing that we're seeing lesbians on TV even, or the gay men even are such a rarity even now today even though they're the biggest group we probably see um so we definitely again we live in a society the dolls you play with when you're growing up um boys don't play with dolls that's a huge thing so these are just concepts that are reinforced and reinforced and reinforced and reinforced and we're kind of as albert said earlier no one t teaches you to question heterosexuality right. but we're taught constantly to question oh why, why isn't she with a man or why don't they have a gender we're taught to question these things right. and wonder about them and worry about them okay. when there really is nothing to worry about <laughs> you okay. know so it's very like it's it's just this 
careful line I think that so many people walk again when they don't have that lived experience or they haven't encountered someone or they're just dealing with disinformation and these big stereotypes that people try to promote but then you actually come across someone who's trans or someone who's non-binary someone who's queer someone who's bisexual someone who's LGBTQ in general and you say to yourself again this isn't the demon I've been presented with this isn't the big scary villain this isn't someone trying to treat me as a predator or groom my child or whatever ridiculous thing that's going to come out next week that's like oh LGBTQ people are all ghosts or something <laughs> like <laughs> you just... ah Casper no <laughs> right like Casper is a gender non-conforming icon yes. I think you have to really find yourself I think when you're LGBTQ because we just we live in a society that is hell-bent on putting people in boxes and so to break out of that i think it's just it's so brave for people to do it to continue doing it to expose themselves in that way and to try to continue doing so in a world that just keeps telling them you have to be this or you have to be that totally mm-hmm. it's just that bravery that we just keep that people keep having a problem with how dare these trans people be out how dare these non-binary people live this way how dare these queer people live this way um and it's just Again, if it's ignorant, ignorance, if it's straight hatred, people just, there are certain people in the world that just cannot handle it um, to their own detriment, really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and one thing I will add is that to Sarah's point, it's totally fundamentally about being seen. And then there's also just such an important safety component to this as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if politicians are emboldened and passing anti-trans, anti-LGBTQ laws, then people on the ground are going to feel emboldened to bully trans people, you know, to not only, you know, in schools, but when they're trying to vote at, you know, on election day, we've seen um, that happen. And then also, you know, if you don't have access to this critical gender affirming health care, um, you know, there's a huge mental toll um, for trans people. And that needs to be talked about. And that needs to be talked about in, you know, when we're talking about this legislation, because it's not just about, you know, being able to, you know, use the bathroom that you want, you know, this healthcare really is about like being who you are and trans people, you know, suffer at higher rates of depression, you know, suicide rates, even and murder rates too. And like that is going to increase if legislatures pass anti-trans laws, like that is going to happen. And, you know, people need to reckon with that um, morally. (laughs) To add a a bit more to depression to that honestly um the Take same year 2020, <laughs> yeah. right? in 2021 when a record number of anti-trans bills passed a record number of black trans women were killed right. um throughout the country throughout the world and it's just to albert's point this really horrible dichotomy of bigots at the top feel emboldened by trump by these governors by the legislatures and they take that action to the ground you see it in anti-asian language as well around anti-asian hate crimes rising like people take the permission of it to just act as badly as possible um and it's worth noting too in that that we have only elected a handful of out black trans people in the entire u.s it was only last year that we elected the first um non-binary state legislature legislator in the united states 
um, in 2017, we elected two of the first out black trans people in the U.S. Um, to the Minneapolis City Council, I believe, mm-hmm. Andrew Jenkins and Philippe Cunningham. So severe underrepresentation. And again, that extends to politics. It extends to media. Right. Um, so not having visibility, not having representation is just it can be absolutely deadly. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. deadly for the person themselves and for people feeling emboldened to harm on, onto others because there's so many studies that show that affirming a child's gender, how they see fit and how they choose to express themselves is life-saving, truly. Yeah. And yeah. it's something that I can never wrap my head around because I'm like, why do people care that much? I don't think they understand how hard it is for someone to go against the grain. Why would someone do something that is so difficult in society of being Mm -hmm. accepted for who they are you know Mm -hmm. it's like for all these bigots who are saying like they're like harming youth or like they're harming blah 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 like all this stupid shit it's like you don't understand the strength that it takes for someone to live their authentic selves like why on earth would someone make this decision lightly or like Mm -hmm. not why would it not be who they are you know yeah yeah. You know those um you know those uh there's like some kind of machine that like simulates contractions to like yes! so that yes! your partner has empathy. Can we make a machine to like hey, you can be gay for a day and like yeah, yeah and come out Zero do goes. that and tell me it's a choice. You know what I mean? Like come yeah, on, like, are you serious? Or yeah. you know the sports bands ban- are just there's no common sense involved because no. if for their version to be true, it would have to be someone who would come out as trans, go through, you know, just it would be a huge undertaking just to get a little bit ahead in one race. Like that makes no sense. Zero sense. So like we need no to one likes that. sports that well, I can't say that. I mean, there's like Olympics <laughs> and stuff, but like personally speaking, I'm like who likes sports that much? Uh, not I. Yeah. <laughs> I cannot relate. <laughs> yeah. It's, and also, yeah, there's so many also like cis athletes that were like, truly, I take steroids to help with this. Like, tell me that's different. You know, it's just people totally. being, it's people being stupid. Just so many stupid people. Anyways. <laughs> How can you can apply that to a lot of yeah, things? Literally. You can apply that to need... so much. <laughs> so much. Oh my god. I just need like one of those buttons and I'm like stupid. Bad. <laughs> you know. It would break after a day. So. <laughs> like maybe like 60 minutes. I guess just like kind of the real question is it's like, how can we fight back? How can we protect LGBTQ people and youth and ensure that they get the care that they need, that they feel seen, they get that seat at the table, and that they get to live their authentic lives to the best possible way? How do we do this? Great question. And I'm sure (laughs) we were talking about this earlier. There's so much that we it's our job to elect LGBTQ candidates and we still hit the end of the day and go, God, there's so much more I wish I could have done. It's a never ending process. So first and foremost, take care of yourself. If you have LGBTQ friends, if you are LGBTQ, check on, check on your community, check on your friends, check on your family, just make sure everybody's okay. It's a really tough time right now. Um, and it can feel like there's a lot of hate on all sides. Mm -hmm. Um, usually what I do when I feel that way, we got a really nice email from an elected official today, just thanking us for the work we're doing. Um, thanking us for everything we do to help elect people. And I just thought to myself, this is why we do, um, this work. So check it on your, in on your friends, tell them nice things. 
um, let them know that they're loved, that they're included, that they are valued, because there are so many people trying to tell them they're not. Um, so on a practical sense, that's one thing you can do. Um, always, always, always call your legislatures. If, if you live in one of these states, in Florida, in Texas, in Alabama, in Idaho, in Tennessee, if there is somebody in your state legislature that's trying to pass an anti-trans bill, call your city council, call that state representative, call your state representative, your state senator, and let them know you are not about it. Just tell them immediately not to vote for that. Call your governor, call your senators, call your congresspeople, call everybody that you can think of. Call your local dog catcher and just tell them you are not about that life. <laughs> call your, even if you don't have kids, if you're a kid yourself, call your school board. Mm-hmm. Just make a big list. Call everybody. Send them emails. Tweet at them. Um, just let people know that you are not pleased with what they're doing. You want to see actual legislation. Not this bullshit targeting trans people. Yeah. I don't know if I can swear. Oh, not this nonsense. We are very pro swearing on this oh, podcast. Oh, you know what? We've sworn a couple times. Um, <laughs> um, and then never ever forget the best thing you can do is try to vote against these people. Even if you live in a gerrymandered district or you live, mm-hmm. again, you might live in a gerrymandered congressional district. Maybe you have a chance at the state level ledge level maybe you can get a new state senator and that would make all the difference you can definitely make an impact at the city council because the further down the ballot you go the less votes you need to actually make a difference there one of our city council candidates i think won by like five votes last year oh my god every vote matters huge difference it's a huge difference so never ever forget to vote update your registration if you live in a state we had elections in texas recently where people were randomly unregistered oh no clear reason why wonder why no clear reason why yeah (laughs) you had people posting their ballots on twitter where they got this big official looking letter that said check here to undo your registration so if you register to vote if you're able to vote please do so keep fighting to do so if you're on the ground doing so and just keep checking your voter registration because Someone may try to take it away from you for absolutely no reason. There are always examples of people who are taken off the be- uh, off the voting rolls because they changed an address or because, you know, they went through some random process or received something in the mail that took them off or they were just taken off for no reason. Um, so to keep checking on that. Definitely get involved with campaigns. If you're even remotely outgoing, you can talk to voters. You can talk to other voters. You can change their minds. There's probably an LGBTQ candidate in your area. Uh, We have, again, a huge list of 200 endorsed candidates. You can find them at LGBTQVictoryFund.org, along with the rest of the work that we're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, And see who's running in your area. And check out people's platforms if they're anti-LGBTQ don't campaign for them. Don't do that. I humbly ask. <laughs> no, good. no, thank you. Definitely. And again, yeah, definitely don't campaign for them. Campaign for the other person who's from <laughs> quality. Um, and again, get involved in city council races. Get involved in your school boards. Check out your state and local races because, again, it's going to be a handful of votes, maybe thousands of votes, probably less, that decide those races um, and help kind of get those chambers back in order. And mm-hmm. if even if your state legislature is passing anti-LGBTQ legislation, your city council can stand against it. Your mayor can stand against it. There are plenty of things you can do to make sure that despite the nonsense passing at the state or the congressional level, that like there 
are lots of ways to fight back and make sure that your local government actually represents you. And your local government is also going to do a lot of work that you care about. They make sure your trash gets picked up. They figure out the budget for your town. So they're doing a lot of really valuable work. Um, and we tend to forget about those races just because they're kind of, you know, that they're not the big sexy Senate races yeah. or the presidential campaign. Mm-hmm. But sexy Senate. There's a lot. The hot <laughs> house. Sexy Senate. If I don't you know, are going to use one word, <laughs> one word to describe the U.S. Senate, it would definitely be sexy. Without a doubt. Um, oh, my God. Mitch McConnell, those chins. Oh. Uh, he gets it. Uh, he gets it. Tur- he oh, knows. my God. Love me a turtle. <laughs> uh, he's... You know, he's he's definitely a man. I'll say that. Um, Not a reptile at all. Um, And then always speak out on social media as well. Again, you see you we had fantastic examples um, of the kids in Florida organizing these massive walkouts around the Delta Bill. It was great. It was was so cool. cool. Way to go, Gen Z. Way to way to fucking do it. it. Good job, guys. Um, And I think. Like, I think their t- their TikTok has a million followers. Yep. They're on Instagram. Okay. They're on Twitter. It's great. Good for them. So, you know, if you can't write somebody a letter, you can tweet at them. And you might just be tweeting at their congrats- their staffer or their social media person. But you're also Or their press the secretary. Yes. <laughs> or you're tweeting at Albert. Yes. You're literally <laughs> tweeting at, at Albert. <laughs> you're tweeting at our social media person named Jared. You're tweeting at Albert. Yeah, tweet us um, nice but... things. <laughs> tweet us nice things. It's Say nice things to us on the internet. Yes. <laughs> at Victory Fund um, is all our social media handles. Tweet nice things at us. Um, but, you know, we can clearly see that organizing is online. It has been for a while. You can find volunteers, you can find other people that are passionate, and you might just be telling the LGBTQ people that follow you, hey, I'm on your team. And again, that's invaluable. That's so great for people to see. Absolutely. We just need to make sure that people feel safe to be their authentic selves, you know? 100%. I uh, I had an internship on the hill once, and I was one of those people that answers the phone. I know. Uh Which should terrify everyone that someone like me was the initial first response to a United States senator. However, (laughs) you know, like, annoy, annoy, annoy. They general policy is you have to pick up the phone. You have to have a conversation and Mm -hmm. being make your voice heard, you know, reach out to all those people. Let them know, like, listen, I don't support this type of bigotry. This is doing so much more harm. (laughs) Just be loud, you know, Mm -hmm. support people. Absolutely. Support people to be themselves, because why else? Like, what the fuck do you care? However, someone decides to live their life, you know? Totally. Yeah, absolutely. If people can get organized around mask mandates and pretending they don't like having a piece of cloth on their face, you can get organized around this. It's not hard. It's Mm -hmm. (laughs) You and six friends can go to your city council meeting. You too can cause a ruckus. And you should. (laughs) You know, have some fun beforehand. Go out for drinks and then go (laughs) be like, listen, y'all, y'all stupid. And it'll be a fun night out. You know, yeah, right. no longer are we going to brunch and not protesting. No. We are going to brunch and We're then protesting, we are protesting. Right? We are doing I love both. it. In that order. In that order. Right? It's 2022. You too can have it all. You can brunch, you can protest. Yes, there can be deals. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you get, you get your like brunch, your mimosa, and then you go to your protest and it's all included for 40 bucks. You, you know, I love it. You let the government know. 100%. But, yeah. Um, One thing I will add, you know, (laughs) in terms of like how to stand up and fight this bigotry, you know, if you see your city council doesn't represent, you know, your community and your, you know, who you are, if you see your, you know, state legislature, 
you know, you should seriously consider running yourself. You know, I think there's always going to, you know, you always think, oh, I, it could never be me. You know, I'm not, um, you know, a politician and like, that's what we need, um, you know, to get equitable representation. We need to elect over 35,000 more LGBTQ people to elected office in the United States. So like, just take a minute, breathe. We just hit a thousand last year and we need to elect 35,000 more. (laughs) And so like, we need you to run for office and victory will be there to support you, but we need more folks to run. Um, So, you know, that's what, that's something I think that Sarah and I and everyone at victory, you know, is really excited about. We see people, you know, school kids walking out in Florida and in them, we see, you know, activists willing to make their voices heard, stand up, say this is wrong. And hopefully, I'm sure some of them are going to run for office and then be that voice, you know, in those critical decision making rooms, too. So that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Lots so to honor. A Two good sets. note to end up, you know. Yeah, perfect. I was gonna say on our on our institute on our institute side, we have all kinds of training programs. We have we travel around the country. We train people in different states. Yeah, we have leadership summits, which are if you're questioning, if you have questions about how to run, definitely reach out. We're happy to connect you with people. And like Albert said, if you are somebody on the ground right now who's fighting back that you don't know if you can you know, get the, stop the bill from being passed, you should be in the legislature. You should be in the city council. You should be in these seats and you should be the one stopping it there. We we need more voices. So PSA to all the LGBTQ people listening to this, run for office and all the people (laughs) that are supportive of LGBTQ people, support them and let them live their best authentic selves, you know, and stop people (laughs) from trying to ruin people's happiness. All right. And those are my two cents. And that's, I feel like, just general baseline stuff, you know? Who knew it would be yep. so hard to just so let people... Simple. I mean, so it could not be easier. Just let people be happy, bro. <laughs> like, it's so easy. <laughs> oh, Sarah Albert, it's been so lovely to have the both of you. Do you have any other comments? Anything else you'd like for people to know? Again, LGBTQVictoryFund.org, LGBTQ Victory Institute. Check us out. Um, if you are thinking about running for office, if you're an LGBTQ person already running for office out there in the world, if you're looking for people to endorse you, definitely check us out. Um, again, our three endorsement criteria, you got to be LGBTQ, you got to be pro-choice and you got to be pro-trans. If you can't hit that bar, that's too bad. (laughs) (laughs) But everybody else, we want to hear from you. (laughs) I love it. Uh, Albert, anything else? I think that there's so much negativity Um, But at the same time, there's so much to look forward to, Um, you know, beyond just folks running for office. um, You know, for me, the thing that I'm most excited about is people willing to get involved. Um, And that's, you know, that's the backbone of our democracy. um, And that's really exciting. Um, So I'm excited for, you know, all Americans and especially um, the younger folks who are willing to, you know, get in the ring, fight for their rights, but also the rights of their neighbors. So lots to look forward to. Absolutely. Yeah. I think the future generation is going to do well. I'm I'm pumped. (laughs) Fingers crossed. I know. Hoping, hoping. (laughs) So hard. But um, thank you guys so much for being on this podcast. It has been such a wonderful, lovely conversation. And I'm your host, Emily Gross. This has been another wonderful episode of Bureaucracy, and we'll be back next week.